listen, the Spirit of God is strong in this place. There's going to be a message today. I'm going to deliver you to, to you what God has put on my heart. And then I'm going to get out of the way. I want to get out of the way. I want to get out of the way of the move of God and what He's wanting to do. It's exciting to me what God is doing. And I see marriages coming back together. I see broken homes back together. I see addictions being dropped. I see deliverance being all over this place. That's what it's all about. We come to church for results. We come to church to give honor and praise to our Heavenly Father for what He's doing. We praise Him before we even see it. And we make faith evident in this place. We praise Him. We worship Him before we feel it. Before we see it. Because we know what's coming. We know that our deliverance is in Him. And I know that when I worship Him, I praise Him, I put Him first in my life. I turn away from sin and the things of this world. I know that He is going to meet me. I say more than halfway. He won't meet me halfway. I take a step, He takes 500. I take a step, He'll take all of them. But that's the key. You've got to take a step. He wants to see some movement out of you. Children, if you're wanting to be dismissed, feel free to be dismissed at this time. There's a downstairs of this church. If it's your first time here to Covenant Church, this is a church that's built into a hill, and we have a full downstairs, a life center, and those children are going to be making their way to their classrooms right now. One thing that I love to mention more than once I've mentioned this is you're not having to kick your child out of the pew right now and say, go downstairs and learn about God. They got up as soon as we mentioned it, and they're flying down there because they're excited about what's going on. I will tell you what, we make a strong effort. We put a strong push on having motivated teachers. I don't want somebody down there just babysitting my boys are grown now. I've got a 22-year-old and a 17, almost 8. He'll be 18 in just a few days. And it's, we don't look at it like, okay, well, we got ours. We're good. Our boys turned out pretty good. Hope y'all, best of luck to y'all. Best of luck to you. No, 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 no. Motivated, on fire for God teachers. They're down there, and they are pumping into them the Word of God. It's not man. It's the Word of God. They are putting it into them. And you, if you don't know, on a Wednesday night, we have anywhere, I think the latest number is about 130 kids on a Wednesday night here in Rust, Texas. And we release the adult upstairs at around 8 o'clock, but many times the, the adults are saying, hey, where are the kids? Where are the kids? Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're, they're still downstairs praying with their hands lifted high, tears streaming down their face as the Spirit of God moves and chains are being broken. It's, it's mighty, it's mighty, it's powerful and it is exactly what we expect when we, when we raise the name of Jesus we lift him up we know that God is going to do great things he's already doing it if it's your first time here to Covenant Church we welcome you if you'd like to meet us or uh, any of our leaders right over here to my right we've got a room feel free to just make your way over there there's no pressure I know that there's many times that uh, people don't want to just kind of feel awkward or whatever. We try to make that as unawkward. I know that's not a word. We'll make it less awkward. Uh, it's just a time to just say, hey, how are you doing, rather than just a little fist bump. Say, hey, good to see you. Maybe I, maybe I can learn your name. You can learn my name. We start somewhere. 
Hey, I love to make new friends. This is not our four and no more. I want to make friends. I want to see this church grow. I want to see this church body grow as we reach out to our community. We have got to continue to reach out. We are never going to be complacent here at Covenant Church and say, well, everything's good. We're paying our bills. There's some growth. There's some new things, good programs. Everybody sit back and relax. Let's put it on cruise control. Every one of us, every week, we ought to wake up on Monday morning thinking, I've got work to do. I've got a family. I've got a family member. I've got a co-worker. I've got somebody. I've got people that I don't even know. I'm going to meet them at the gas pump. I'm going to meet them in the grocery checkout line. God is going to put somebody in my path. Promise you, this week, somebody's going to put be in your path. God's going to put somebody in your path. There's going to be an opportunity for you to witness and tell your story and share the good news of Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to say right now in the name of Jesus, do it. Just do it. Just share. Don't be closed off. Don't be scared. Share what God has done for you. I'm telling you, you have no idea. How many of you can raise your hand and you say, I've got a story about how somebody said, thank you. Thank you for sharing with me. Yeah, I've got that. Prayer tonight, 6 o'clock. Be here at 6 o'clock. This, t- this coming Tuesday, I want to tell everyone at Celebrate Recovery, our helps night. It's not just Celebrate Recovery. I've got to quit saying Celebrate Recovery on Tuesday nights because it is about seven or eight different classes and different things. Your marriage, uh, women's Bible study, men's Bible study, grief share, Celebrate Recovery, uh, parenting class, homeless teens, uh, Celebrate Recovery for teens. Uh, it's, there's a ton of stuff going on on Tuesday night. We call that our help night. Uh, hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. That's what we're calling it. And this Tuesday, Jason Ray, a man who, by the way, was raised from the dead. is giving, He's giving his testimony this Tuesday. So if you don't come normally on Tuesdays, I encourage you to show up this Tuesday. We'll feed you. It starts at 6 o'clock. We'll feed you a good meal. It's great food and fellowship. And then he's going to give his testimony in the Celebrate Recovery Group. So that's where you want to stay and hang out is in that group, in that big room downstairs. All of the other classes branch out into smaller rooms. But if you don't know, let me just let me just give glory to God another time. Not just one more time, but another time. Because I'm going to say this again and again and again. This man, what? how old is Jason? 35, 36 years old. You don't expect heart issues at 36 years old. You just you don't wake up in the morning and say, Lord, please just guard this heart. I'm on heart medication. I'm on blood thinners. I'm on blood pressure. Not at 36. Not normally. It's a normal day. And the day before was a normal day. Working hard. Working hard. And then all of a sudden, it's pain and a trip to the emergency room and walking into the emergency room but being flown from that emergency room to another emergency room and I'll shorten the story his blood pressure was 60 over 40 and if even if you don't know anything about the medical field let me tell you normal 120 over 80 you don't live on half that you don't live you don't come back from that and that's what the doctor said he said make your plans Go ahead and call your ministers, call your pastors, call your family, call them in. He's, we're only keeping him alive right now with blood pressure medication, epinephrine, different things that we can constrict the blood vessels and make it, make him to be alive. Oh, but Jesus, but Jesus. 
Let me tell you another unbelievable, not unbelievable, it's, it's God believable. His, his body temperature, 84 degrees body temperature. I'm going to tell you what, you're hypothermic around 96, 96. And you, you, you wouldn't think that. We said, well, 98.6, that's my normal temperature. I need to be 98.6. I wouldn't think I'd be hypothermic until I get down on there in the 50s and 60s. No, you did. <laughs> Just a couple degrees off normal and you start to be hypothermic. At 84 degrees, you dead. This man was gone. And the doctor said, I'm going to do my best just to keep him alive and we'll fly him to Tyler. If I can get him to Tyler, we'll do what we can. And the man walked out. The man walked out. And like five, five, the, the very next Friday, less than a week, he walked out of the hospital. I'm going to tell you what, we give glory to God again. And guess what? We're going to give glory to God from now on. Is He mighty? He's our healer. He's our deliverer. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you right now. I thank you so much for saving my brother, my friend. Thank you, Lord, for sparing his life. Because at that moment, all I could do, when his wife called me and she was so frantic on the phone, she couldn't get anything out. Hardly any words would come out of her mouth. And I began to pray in the name of Jesus. And others began to pray in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, right now, we thank you that you heard our cry. You heard our cry and you answered our prayer. And we thank you, Jesus. All glory to you, God. All glory to you, God. Join with me and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for this sermon right now. We pray, Lord, that you would open up our hearts, open up our souls. Lord, let conviction fall in this place. Stir us, God. Shake us to the very marrow of our bones, Lord, in Jesus' name. Stir us up, God. Let us hear your word and let it work on our hearts. Work on my heart. Stir me up, God. I want to do more for you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me, if you will, to Judges chapter 16. DC, thank you so much for your beautiful playing. I don't ever want to take things for granted around here. The talent that is in this church is put here by God himself. These, these musicians, these singers, nobody's paid. And many of them have said the same prayer that I prayed. I played the drums in church for years, and I remember praying this. I said, Lord, if you will bless my hands, if you will bless me to be able to play those drums, I promise and vow to you that I will give my gift to you. It will be a gift from you, and I will give it right back to you. And I played those drums for years and years and years in the church, and now my son has kind of taken up that mantle, and he's doing it. We, thank, thankfully, we've got other drummers. We've got other musicians. We put a big push on not locking our instrument players and our singers up here on an instrument all the time because they need Jesus just as much. They need to be able to worship. And I'm going to tell you what, if you volunteer and you work on a Sunday and you're very busy all throughout the service, you need to be here on a Sunday night. Sunday night, man, that's, that's great for me. That's great for anybody that's on the praise team. And if you work and, and volunteer and you're, we've got guys out there doing security right now. We've got our teachers. And that is a time when we can 
just bask in the presence of God and we pray. It's so beautiful. An hour of prayer that is so powerful. It is so powerful. This is not a bow your head and be it real, real quiet and let's just have a moment of silence. I feel horrible when I hear these times when there's certain people get together and they're coming together in the community sometimes to pray for somebody who's ill or sick. And they're getting together and they're saying, let's all join together and let's pray. And all of a sudden they say, it's like, okay, now we got to pray. Everybody, let's pray. And, the, and I'm, I'm thinking, the person you're praying for, they're still alive. They're praying for healing. Let's not have a moment of silence. Let, let's, let's call out to the God who heals. And, and we raise up our voice and raise up our hands. And I don't want to have a moment of silence. So let me just let it be known right now. If you ever have to gather around and pray for me, please do not have a moment of silence for me. You can do that when I'm dead and gone and you're thinking about me. You just can go have that by yourself. But don't have a moment of silence for me, and I'm not going to have it for you. We're going to worship God and lift up his name because we know he's mighty. He's a healer. All right, I'm going to read Judges 16. I want to read, uh, which, uh, no, no wonder. I'm looking at my Bible, y'all. I had a little panic moment there for a minute, and I'm thinking, I'll, but the, the trick is here, I was in Joshua. And I look at chapter, go to chapter, you go, if you got your Bible, go look at Joshua 16 and you'll be like, oh yeah, you ain't about to read 27 through 30 because it's not there. <laughs> I, just, I had to just kind of say, all right, relax, double check these notes, double check your Bible, oh, you're in the wrong book. Thank you, Lord, I love you, Jesus, I praise you, God. Judges chapter 16, verses 27 through 30. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there, and on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me. O God, please strengthen me just once more, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. I want to preach to you for a few minutes on the topic of persistence pays off. Persistence pays off. Look at your neighbor and say, I need you to be persistent. I need you to be persistent. I need you to persevere. Oftentimes we forget what it took to get to a place of victory or vindication. You see sometimes people who look like they've got the victory. You see somebody who looks like they've finally been vindicated and they've gone, you know they've gone through a trial and you've heard about it kind of briefly or just kind of in passing, but we really don't know the pain 
and the sorrow and the torment that some people have to go through to get to that victory. Okay, it's one thing to set, for somebody just to let it be known, hey, I'm dealing with cancer. And you hear about it at church and somebody maybe comes to the front and we lay hands on them and pray for them. But we don't know what they feel like Monday morning. We don't know what they feel like later on in the week when they had a chemo treatment. We don't really feel the pain. We don't really grasp what they're going through. We don't really grasp the mental uh, part of this where they're tormented day and night of will I live, will I die. And we just don't realize what all goes into getting and maintaining and having a, a stance of victory. It's tough, and it's a battle that many of you have gone through, and I'm, I know I mentioned cancer, but there's so many things that we as Christians, we as humans, just as mere men and women, mortals, we go through life, and there's many things that we go through, and I know that many of you have gone through things where you could tell someone else about what you've gone through, but they're not going to truly get it. They don't really get it. Now, some people can say, hey, I know how you feel. I've been there. I've been through it. Maybe you have been through the loss of a loved one, and you talk to someone else, and they're going through it, and you, maybe you do get that, but you really don't get exactly the pain and everything that they're going through. There is a lot that happened and led up to what we just read about. We jumped to the end of the story today, and I read a story that many of you know. Many of you, you heard that story a long, long time ago as a child in Sunday school, back when... It was old school, and you had the felt board. And they took that Samson, and they slapped him up there on the felt board. And they talked about him. And then they had a little felt Delilah. And they had the Philistines, and Philistines, Philistines. I may say it both ways. But we've heard this story our whole life, and we've heard it time and time again. And many of you, if you don't watch it, you'll start to tune me out. Because you're like, I already know. Plus, you read it in the story, so we already know what happens. But I want to speak to us a little bit today on it pays to be persistent. Persistence will pay off. I'm going to tell you, the old adage often holds true that there is no gain without some pain. I'm not going to say it's true 100% of the time, but I will say this. It is often true that there is no gain without some pain. You can never know when you will have to call on God to persevere through a trial. Times when we may have to call on God so that we need perseverance, maybe the loss of a child, maybe the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's a child downstairs right now and they're, they were born into an abusive home. Maybe there's a child downstairs that they're born into poverty. And they faced bullying at school. And maybe that was something that you faced. I didn't grow up in a rich home. I had times, you look at me now and you say, I doubt that you were ever bullied. You seem like you got it all together. I, there was times when I faced bullying at school. And there was times when I wanted to say, I don't want to go to school anymore. And some of those things can stick with you for a long, long time. I'm not here to say it stuck with me. I Praise God, I'm past that. I feel sorry for the guy who did the bullying. I feel sorry for him. I, I pray that he found Jesus and he's given his heart to the Lord and his children are living for the Lord. That would be a, a, a good thing. Addictions maybe that have sprung up in your life maybe just midway through life. Everything's going good. Everything seems to be fine. But then an addiction just comes out of nowhere. Something you tried, something you experimented with. 
things got out of hand at a party one night and something happens and now you're dealing with an addiction. You're like, man, what in the world happened? Illnesses, disease, that can creep up on us. That can creep up on a life that is on track, going good, everything's fine, and all of a sudden there's an illness. You talk about a shutdown moment. I know that many of you have had family members. I've had family members. And you get a phone call that says, Dad's got cancer. Or Mom's got this. Or all of a sudden there's, there's, there's an issue that pops up in the family and, and it's just a phone call. It's just everything's fine. It's a blue sky day, cool temperatures. I'm happy. We're singing the songs. We're having a good time. And then just, oh, what? My life just changed with a phone call my life just changed with a doctor's door opening up and him coming in and shutting it behind me and him saying you might want to sit down for this that's scary and it can happen in a moment the list goes on and on of things that can happen but the point is we all have or we all will face it it's how you handle it it's who you call on and it is who you attach yourself to that's going to pull you through. Within yourself alone, things would be hopeless. Oh, but I serve a God, and with Him, all things are possible. I've heard stories, and I, and I know that there's been people that when the doctor shut the door behind him and says, you might want to sit down for this, there's been times when people stood up and said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke everything that you're about to say. I don't claim it for my life, and I will be made whole. I will be healed because you are not my doctor. You are not my physician. I serve a mighty God who is the doctor of all doctors. He is the greatest physician I appreciate your time and effort. I appreciate the time you spent in medical school. And I appreciate the fact that you passed the board of exam or the medical board. And you, and you are a licensed doctor. And you have been able to be able to tell me now that I have six months to live. Thank you that you just told me. Uh, I, it's okay. You can tell me what you want to tell me. But I'm telling you right now, I serve a God who is my healer. With him I can do all things. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. He is my strong tower. Psalm 61.2 says this, From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Anybody in here, when I read that scripture, you begin to think of that old school song. I remember hearing some of these old school songs in church. Anybody, been, anybody in here a lifer? You call yourself a lifer. All right, not many. Praise God for new direction. Praise God for new beginnings. I just looked right in the eyes of a lifer and he didn't raise his hands. I see you over there. I say a lifer like you grew up in church. I've been, I grew up around some foot stomping, okay? I remember being a child in church and I remember falling asleep on the pew. My daddy was a preacher. My wife's daddy, preacher. Both of my granddad's, preacher. If you'd have asked me if I ever wanted to be a preacher, I'd have said, not on, not on your life. I saw what they went through. 
I saw what my father went through. I saw what her father went through. And I said, hey, give me a set of drumsticks. I'll, I'll back y'all up. I'll, I'll drum the marching beat, and we'll just march on to the, to the Lord to heaven. And I'll just give you that beat, and we'll keep on going, baby. I'm here to support you. You go, Pastor. You go. No one ever, ever, I could have never orchestrated how this all happened to where this is at today in my life. But God had a plan. I'm here, and I say, you know what, God? I've always told you, whatever you give me, whatever you bless me with, I will do the best that I can with it. I take it very seriously. When I was an instrument player, I took it very seriously. I practiced. I wanted the best, to do the best and learn from the best. And now that I'm a pastor, I'll tell you what, I take it extremely, extremely serious. I take it extremely serious that God has put a congregation with us and attached them to us so that we can all, myself included, attach ourselves to Him and that we can all make it to heaven and take as many people with us as humanly possible. Through Him I can have unwavering faith which will bring unwavering discipline. It takes persistence, persistence in prayer, persistence in reading the word, persistence in fasting, persistence for yourself, and persistence for your family. Many of you have lost faith and you've lost hope, and you've lost it in seeing whether you're going to have a family member that's going to come to God. I won't say come to this church because I don't even care what church they go to. I care that they get their mind on God. I care that they get into this word and they search out their own salvation right here. Don't trust me. Don't trust any man. Search out for your own salvation. Read the word. Read the instruction manual for your life. If you are not reading this, you are missing out. There is a wealth of knowledge. There is exactly what you need in here. There's exactly what you feel like you need. And then there's the other. Then, then there's what you, you really need. And I'm going to tell you what. So many times I've been reading God's word and he convicts my heart. He says, I want you to look at yourself. I don't read this word saying... Wow, that's good. I know exactly where that guy sits in church. That's, boy, all oh, her, all, oh, hey, babe, right here. You know that woman? Hey, boy, that is good. She, boy, she needs that. Boy, that's good for her. Man, that's good. That whole family. Oh, if I, I wish, I want to, can I text them right now? Can I please just call them? I just want to tell, I just want to read, I just want to send them a, a friendly, loving text. I just want to say, hey, by the way, I know you don't read your Bible, but I will read it for you today. <laughs> we got to lead in love, not sarcasm. I don't read my Bible like that. I read this, and immediately the thought is me. What does this talk? Speak to me, God. Stir me up. Fire me up, God. Looking back at Samson, his life started out amazing. If you've never read the story of Samson, many of you are just stuck on what you heard and saw on the felt board at five and six years old, and you might not even have heard and grasped all of that because you were stuffing your face with those little iced animal cookies 
Man, how many had a Sunday school teacher that hooked you up with some good Sunday school snacks and the red Kool-Aid? Red dye number, I don't care, just bring it on. Man, I tell you what, we would come back and they're like, man, the Holy Ghost must have fell in Sunday school. My kids are just on fire. No, we are jacked up on sugar. I'm, on, I'm high on sugar. And the teacher, you know, they tried to divvy those things out. They're like, let me make a little pile for everybody. Here you go, little Jeremy. Here you got four iced animal cookies and a little cup of Kool-Aid. And I'm over there just like wolfing them down and reaching in the bag, getting some more. Listen, I'll share just a, I hate to get off track, but this is just so funny to me. I remember my dad was a preacher. It was in Mount Pleasant. And I was supposed to be in the sanctuary and I, I know I was supposed to be in there. That's where I was supposed to be. And I snuck off with another boy, and we went into the, the, the life We didn't have a life center. What do you call like a little, little fellowship hall? That's right, a fellowship hall. There was an actual hall to a little old room with a little kitchenette. And we were hungry. And we sat back there during that whole service eating dill pickles. And we got a stomach ache, and it's just like the Lord was saying, you little rotten, spoiled little brat. You should have been in there, and I'm going to bless you with a stomach ache. I mean, I look at it and laugh now, but, man, I was, that was so wrong. But let me just tell you, I was not that bad church kid. Let me tell you another story. This is true. My dad bought me a tambourine, and I want to bring that and show you some sermon. But I still had that little tambourine, and let me tell you, he, he put me on the front row, and he said, Son, you play that tambourine with all your heart. You just play that tambourine, and I know I wasn't playing it right, but I played it, and God began to give me a gift and, and bless me with the, the gift of rhythm. Uh, I think that was a blessing right off the bat as a small child, but I took that, and I began to worship. And he, you know, he was the type of father, who, and my, my mother, too, she played the piano in church, and they, they said, Go. Go, go, work it, work it. Just be, worship the Lord, worship the Lord. And I remember so many times I would, they had an altar, old-timey altar. And I would go down there, and I remember my dad picking me up because I'd fall asleep at the altar. I'd be down there praying, and I know I was just saying, Lord, just please forgive me for the pickles. And Lord, I pray, just, just forgive me for that I disobeyed and I talked back. And, you know, the serious sins. And I would fall asleep at the altar, and I remember many times just feeling, just getting picked up. And my dad would pick me up, and I'd feel him, I'd get on his shoulder, and, and I did have those moments too. So I don't want you to paint me out to be the bad church kid. God was working on me at a young age, and I'm thankful that he was working on me at a young age. But my life was a lot like Samson's life. I was able to kill, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My life is a lot like Samson's life in the fact of everything was great at first. Everything's looking good for Samson. I mean, let's look at how he was born. Many of, like I said, we get hung up on the felt board and, and just a part of, Sam, we think Samson, we just think blinded eyes, pushing pillars down, killing all the Philistines. And he's doing that and he's, he gets the victory in the end. But what we don't realize is, this was a birth. Samson's birth was ordained by God. An angel of the Lord 
came down and spoke to the mother and father and said, you have been barren, but God is about to bless you with a son. You are not to do this, 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 and this. And gave them a list of, of prerequisites that you don't do these things. And then here is his strength. And I'm going to tell you what, it was an amazing encounter with an angel of the Lord. They, they offered up a sacrifice. There was a fire at the altar. And there's flames going up. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord just... I can imagine just morphs into these flames. It's, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord was caught up and went into heaven in those flames. If you had that experience, would it not be hard for you today to not have the big head when you're out on the t-ball field with your little old youngster and everybody's like, man, he's really good. Oh, you don't even know. <laughs> angel, come down from heaven, told us all this was going to happen. He's bad to the bone. He's beast mode from day one. That's who my boy is. I don't know about your boy, but my boy. I don't know about you, little girl, but my little girl. Yeah. Do you have a story like that? If I had that story, it would be hard not to be like, wow. Look at me. Look, what, look what's happening in my life. But Samson had it going on. He was strong. He was revered. He was a man among boys. This man was a man's man. And he was strong. He was a warrior. And another thing that he had was he got the girl. How many of you guys, you knew somebody like that in high school where, man, every time this dude, I, he's always got the car, he's got the look, he's got the latest jeans, he's got the best shoes, he's got the girl, everything's going right. And then all of a sudden you look back and or you see him later on and things aren't so right, things aren't so good. This is what happened with Samson. I tell you, that's how I'm a lot like Samson because everything seems fine. Oh, you're the little church boy, got your tambourine, eating your pickles in church, it's all fine and dandy, it's good, it's having fun, I cookies, Kool-Aid, going to school, nice little clothes, not rich, but comfortable, you know, having a good Christmas, having a good Thanksgiving, no strife, no fighting, no, not, never was in an abusive home and didn't have to hear my father cussing my mother out. No, it was really pretty good. It was, I'll just say it was great. And then I can go from that into a life like Samson where all of a sudden I'm in church, I'm a part of church, I've got the look, I can put a suit and tie on. But then I'm lost. And I, I'm, I'm actually living in a life of sin while I'm going to church. And I'm church boy, but over here in private life, I'm, I'm full of sin. Now listen, I know I'm speaking to some people today because I know this is a real issue and this is really what we deal with. There is demonic oppression. There is things that slip on a person. They be on a person and you can have the look. You can have everything looking right, feeling right, acting right. But yet you are oppressed by the devil. You have a secret sin. You have a secret life. There may be some texting that don't need to be going on. There may be some Facebook posts and some messaging that doesn't need to be going on. And right now, if it's going on, I speak against it in the name of Jesus. Man, if that's you, stop. Woman, if that's you, stop. God's got better things for you. He put a woman in your life. He put a man in your life. He said, when you found that husband, you found a great thing. When you found that wife that I ordained from heaven above and I put you together for life, that is a great thing. Everything seemed to be on track. But can I say again, you never know what tomorrow holds. You've got to be ready. 
Keep God in the forefront. And when God's in the forefront, that gives you something to chase. I want all of us to be God chasers. You need to be chasing hard after God. Some of us are chasing the wrong thing. And you don't even realize that we all chase. We're all following something. Something's leading us and taking us to an, in a direction. Not a good direction sometimes, a bad direction, but we're following and we're going and we wake up. You need to watch in the morning time when you wake up. When you wake up in the morning, what does your mind immediately go to? Do you wake up in the morning and you're having thoughts of doing bad things first thing in the morning? I'm telling you what, God is speaking to somebody today. You need to be a God chaser. Samson's life took a turn for the worse when he lost sight of his source of strength. We know that Samson lost his sight in the end, but I will tell you, before that actual physical removal of his eyeballs out of his sockets, before that even happened, he lost sight of his source of strength. The devil will quite literally rob you blind. He will rob you blind. Maybe you see yourself in this message today. Maybe you've lost sight of God's plan for you. I'm going to tell you what. It is time to persevere. I want them to put up a, another look at this word, perseverance. And I'm, they're going to put this up here. Persevere. And I want to put some emphasis on this sever. But it also says severe. I found that out. I'm like, I know that I'm one of these I'm spelling wrong, but that's not the case. It's no wonder that they say the English language is the hardest language in all of the world to learn. As you're learning the Eng English language, uh, that's severe. Okay. But it's also sever. What? Now, how do I know? There is a, a sever weather warning <laughs> we have a sever with no it's severe see that's where you messed up now how did you know well I just know it's a severe weather warning in our perseverance as we persevere it will we will have to you will absolutely have to sever and cut off some things that you have been having in your life day after month after year, after year, for your whole life, and you settle in and you think, I'm just going to deal with this the rest of my life. I'm going to deal with this. That's just me. That's my daddy. That was my granddaddy. My whole life has been cursed by this. No, in the name of Jesus, chains can drop. Deliverance can happen. But we've got to sever. Now, can you sever those things on your own? Absolutely not. It's who you attach yourself to. God is my strength. He is my strength. There's got to be a cutting away of the things of this world. Just like in Acts 26 and 18, just like when uh, God used Saul to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. There has to be a severing. And so there needs to be somebody like yourself who maybe you feel like you are doing tons better. You are continually better, as we say here at this church. And with their shirts, their hats, continually better. Maybe that's you. 
But maybe that's not your neighbor. Maybe that's not your teenage son. Maybe that's not your teenage daughter who's downstairs right now, and they look like everything's going good. They, they look like everything's fine. And right there in your own home, I say that because it happened in a pastor's home. It happened in our home where I looked like everything was going good. My parents should never feel bad. Never feel bad, Mom. It's okay. Because, let me tell you, prayer works. And I know that I had a praying father. I know that I had a praying mother. And I really strongly believe is that the scripture is it says you chain, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart. I promise you this. Every time that I would get into a little bit of a mode of wanting to be bad. You don't always be bad. Why do I got to always be good all the time? Preacher's kid. Everybody else looks like they're having fun. Can I be bad too sometimes? Listen. You have given your life to God. You have turned away from the world. You are now a Christian. You profess to be a Christian. I live for God. Don't let it creep back up in your life like I let it do to me when I was a teenage young man and I just want to just be bad sometimes. I just want to be a look. Can I be bad? Can I have a me time? Can I, have a little, can I just have a, a little sin moment? I'm going to tell you what, that's a trick of the devil. That's a trick of the enemy. I want to go to the bar and just drink a little bit. I just want to go to the bar, just get drunk, just one more time, one more time. Well, one more time turns into a lot of more times when you're doing it pretty regular. And I know I've mentioned this before, and I had it, and I had a white towel that I had in my back pocket, and I'm preaching a sermon, and just periodically just throw it on the ground. That's my temporary quit towel. I was just going, going along good, going along good, just throw that. I was just going to quit. You know, when you're boxing ring, and they're boxing, and all of a sudden, they throw that towel in there. We quit. We quit. Why? Because I can't beat this guy. This guy has beat me to a pulp. He's beating me down. I can't beat him anymore. I've done all I can do. I'm getting real wobbly. Please throw in the towel for me. No, we will not throw in the towel. We will continue to fight one foot in front of the other, continually better in the name of Jesus. Persevere, persevere, sever, sever. It's time to sever so you can see. You need to absolutely refuse to let the test and the pain that you're going through and what you're feeling that's temporary, you need to absolutely refuse to let it stop you. Pain is temporary. Pain is an indication of some good things that are on the way. There's some good things that's on the way. There's some victory that's around the corner. I, this is coming to my mind right now. But as a firefighter, if you don't know, I am a firefighter. Career firefighter, city of Tyler, been there 16 years, great. I wish I could leave tomorrow because I've had my fun, I'm ready to get out. I got a guy working for me today. Thank you, Patrick Mayo, if you're watching online. I worked for him yesterday. It's a trade-off, I'm going to tell you what, there's some pain. <laughs> there's some pain. But I rem there was a race that us firefighters, we ran, and now there's a younger generation that's coming up, and now they're running this race, and you put on all your gear, maybe I'll show you an old video one of these days, but it, it's just... You put on about 60 pounds of gear and you've got to run this race. 
and you get your air tank and your mask and you're breathing through there and it's called the firefighter combat challenge and the first time I ran that race I was pretty much just kind of guilted into doing it you're like hey you're a rookie everybody runs this race as a rookie I found out later that was a lie they were just trying to guilt me and, and scare me into doing it because I was like all right when is it well it's in Tyler here in a couple of weeks you gonna run it yeah 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 I'll run it that first race it took me now this I'll, I can't explain it it's one of the hardest things in the world I've ever done it's running up five flights of stairs with all this gear on hoisting up a hose that's about 45 pounds running down the stairs coming over hitting a weighted sled that's about 100 pounds hitting it back running through about 100 feet of cones dragging a charged hose line about 100 feet back the other direction dragging a 180 pound dummy back the other direction another 100 feet and the first time I ran it, I ran it in 2 minutes and 37 seconds. And the guys were like, wow, you might actually get in the, uh, the club. It's like a, a club they kind of tout. You can kind of tout like I did something when you run it under 2 minutes. But what, I, what they didn't know is I was good at having a front up. You know, I'm like, I already had the church boy front up. So I'm wanting to collapse as they're like, hey, driver, you did good, fist bump. And I wanted to go, ugh. And throw up. That I wanted to throw up. But I stood there like, yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll train with y'all. We'll get good at this. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I almost, I was right on the verge of death. I thought I was going to die. The, I'm going to tell you what. If I'd have been by myself, there's a message in this. But if I'd have been by myself, I would have quit. I would have run down through those cones and at the end of the race, just right, right on out through the exit, right on into the recovery tent. All right, let's sit down in the recovery tent. I don't know what in the world I was thinking. That was the dumbest thing ever. But there's an old, old video, and I looked it up yesterday, and I, as I made the corner, I could hear my little boys. I could hear Bryce. I could hear Jaren, and Jaren was so little, he was being held like this, and he was saying, run, run, come on, Dad. Come on and run, Daddy, run. And then the last part where I'm dragging that 180-pound dummy backwards, I could hear them going, pull, pull, pull. And I finished the race. Now, I was going to quit. I, 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 I'm telling you, I feel like I would have quit. I don't know if I had that in me to quit. That would have been embarrassing. But I really, really wanted to just get away from the pain it hurts so bad. I mean, your lungs are just on fire. Your legs are on fire. And your, your legs feel like they weigh 100 pounds. And you just, I can't even move. But they were saying, pull, pull. And that is what motivated me. You need to, it, what I tell you earlier, it's who you attach yourself to. It's most important to attach yourself to a loving, living, breathing on fire, deliverer, fortress, mighty tower, God. You attach yourself to Him, but then also you attach yourself to a body of Christ. I want to attach myself to Christ. But guess what the benefits are to come into a church body? That body is the body of Christ, and that body is a strong body attached to a most strong body. 
And you attach yourself to that body, and then all of a sudden you're like, I can do this. I can get through this. I can make it. I can come on Sunday morning. I can be here Sunday night. I can be back on a Tuesday. I can be back on a, on a witnessing. I can be back for deliverance. I can be back for some things, and I can show back up when I wanted to quit, when quit was in my vocabulary. Now it's just go, 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 continually better. I can do it. I know here recently we're starting a Facebook group of just motivation when somebody can get on there and you can just say, I need help. I need some help. Immediately we're going to have people getting on there saying, you can do it. Pray, brother. Here's a scripture. Because not, so many, not all the time can someone just text me and say, hey, pastor, I need you. Hey, pastor, I need you. Yes, that works for a church of probably about 20 or 30 people. But when you have as many as 300 to 400 people showing up, it gets chaotic. But we've got multiple people that are available, multiple mentors that are available. And we're, gonna, we're getting that group. Is it started yet? Got two of them made. We're, uh, we're going to kick it off. And they've already got it formed up. And that's going to be where you can go in there and get some immediate encouragement. Because, listen, we, I know that you guys live on this crazy thing. You live on it. I know you own it. You wake up in the morning, Facebook. All right, okay. Instagram, TikTok. Tick-tock in my life away. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. There goes 30 minutes of my life. But I really enjoyed it. And it was funny because I saw that guy fall off a bicycle. I, fall, I saw this thing blow up. I saw this is amazing. This, oh, look at this one. This is amazing. I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage you. No guilt. No encouragement. Encouragement. 30 minutes here. 30 minutes here. I want to encourage you to, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you which one benefits you more. This 30 minutes will rock your world. This 30 minutes right here will, and it's not going to be all in one inclusive session of 30, every day, 30 minutes. Listen, we, a lot of us have some, we're very consistent and we show up day after day after day and who are we showing up for are we showing up for the prince of the air are we showing up for the prince of the air we're consistent every day we own it we got it we're not going to leave the house without it i got to go i got to get to the dentist's office have you seen my phone i i have i, I have i'm late for i have got to be at work right now and anybody else in the, years ago you'd be like your wife would be like we'll go to work I gotta be at work. I've got to get to work. Well, go to work. Well, I can't. Where's my phone? I have to have something to look at at break time. I've got to go. I have got to get in the car. If I don't leave in the next 30 seconds, I'm gonna be late for work. Where is my phone? We can't leave without it. We gotta have it. I have to use mine for work. Tell you what, what the devil meant for evil, you can turn around and use that thing for good. You can look up the best sermons. You can look up some on-fire teaching and preaching. And you can say, devil, I know that you wanted to eat up two and a half or three hours of my day today. And guess what? Na-na-na-boo-boo. Stick your... All right, I'm going to stop right there. Na-na-na-boo-boo, devil. I'm going to use this today and I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to learn about my Lord and Savior and I'm going to be just on fire for Him today. So what you wanted to use for evil, what you wanted to use against me, I'm fixing to use in a mighty, mighty way and I'm going to come home and I'm going to teach my children what I learned today. 
Refuse to let that pain stop you. Rather, use that pain to prepare you, to increase you, to develop you, and then to propel you. To propel you. That race that we would run, I'm going to tell you what. After several years of training, and I mean the most excruciating training I've ever done in my life and somebody the other day they're like hey we're getting that we're getting together and we're going to do some racing again you want to do that you want to run the it's called the individual where you run the whole race by yourself okay because the normal race they split it up with five guys one guy runs up the tower one guy hoists one guy does it's five guys okay and it's it's actually kind of fun it's a little team effort some camaraderie, you go out, you, we go out of town, we went to Oklahoma, I've been to Louisiana, we traveled around, you know, the southern United States doing this race, it was a lot of fun, but when they said, you want to do the individual again, driver, and I'm like, I, I, I don't like feeling like I'm going to die, I, I really, you know, because what I, but I got obsessive about it, and there was one man in the department that had the fastest time, I'm like, I want to beat him, and if I can ever beat him, then I'll lay it down. I, I want to lay it down. But I remember the training for that was so ridiculously hard. And you would get to the point where you would just thought you were going to die every time that you would train. I would get my heart rate up to like 200 beats per minute. I'm telling you, it was insane. And then you would calm down and back to that heart rate and calm down. I, the final race that I finally beat the guy and I accomplished the goal, I'm going to tell you what, I never even hurt hardly at all ran the whole thing beat the time it still stands to this day it may go down this year I don't know but it's been there for years and I'm you know it's great that was fun but I learned a lesson in the pain I the pain didn't stop me the pain literally did what I told you just now it prepared me it increased me it developed me, and it propelled me. And I'm telling you today, God is telling you today, not me. God is telling you today. He's saying, don't let the pain or the trial that you're going through stop you. Let it empower you. Let it propel you. Let it stoke a fire in you that, yes, I can do better. Yes, I will go further. I will not sit here and have a pity party for myself and just fold my arms up and cry to myself and say, I wish I could. I wish I could. But it, there's some pain that comes in some conviction. There's some pain that comes from kneeling down at an altar and, and really opening up to God and saying, Lord, search me, O God. Search me, O God. Make me a new creature in you, God. And here's a hard one. When we say, Lord, help me to turn away from sin and to sever. Help me to sever and get rid of some things that I like. Some things that I like. I like my sin. I like my high. I like that endorphin release. I like to feel good I want to feel good I want to have fun life is short so I want to have fun eternity is long so you better get ready that you've seen it life is short have fun life is, eternity is long 
Long is not even the word. Eternity forever. So why not prepare for it and get ready? Amen? Look who's fighting with you. He faced persecution, torture, and death. He conquered and defeated it all. He defeated it all. That's who I am paired up with. That's who's on my relay team. That's, who, that's who's there with me. This is not going to be an individual race. This is going to be a, a two-man. I've got the king of kings running with me. He's in front of me, and I'm chasing after him. I'm a God chaser. I'm chasing after him, and I'm saying, Lord, here I come. I'm hanging on for dear life. Save my life. In the name of Jesus, if you're getting baptized today, I need you to go ahead and get ready for that. Baptismal, uh, go ahead, and those that are helping with the baptism, let's give a hand for those that are getting baptized today. Thank you, Jesus. I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of y'all. I'm going to tell you what, God is drawing people from all over. That couple showed up on a Wednesday night from Henderson. Yeah, came from Henderson. And the next thing I know, that man is on his knees down here at the altar. And he's saying, God, i got to have you. i got to have you. I feel your presence. I feel your presence, Lord. What do I need to do? i got to have more of you. And this grown man, a grown man crying, tears streaming down his face. His wife right beside him saying, Father, bless us. Lord, lead us. Guide us. We, we repent, Lord. We're sorry. We've got to have you. And we need more of you, God. And that wasn't very long ago. Maybe a few weeks ago, they're getting baptized today. Praise God for new direction, new beginnings. Listen, they've got, a, they've got a car full of kids. And what I want to thank God so much for is that he pulled another couple of leaders. A leader, a man, a leader of the home, a leader of the home, a mother, a father, and he pulled them back and, and prayer, by faith and prayer, and those that were praying for them, and by their own... Uh, direction of following after the voice of God and seeking after the face of God and seeking after something more than just this world and not the next party not the next high but something real and tangible something that will change my life I want to thank God that they answered the call because now they are the leaders of that whole entire van or truck or whatever they drive full of kids and now I'm thinking, oh yeah, devil, you thought you had those kids. Devil, you thought you were going to take those kids and you thought you were going to use them for your work. But now the tables have turned. Things have flipped around. And now we've got a leader in the home who's saying, kids, come on. Let's get to Covenant Church on a Wednesday night. Kids, get in your Bible. Read the Word of God. Let me, Kids, let me tell you what I read the other day. God is for you. He's not against you. He'll be right by your side. In the name of Jesus, we get the kids together and we pray at the table. We pray as a family. Thank you, God, for more leaders leading in the home. Go with me quickly to Mark chapter 8. I'm almost through, guys. I'm almost through. Now, listen, I know that. I've, I've done, I heard a lady just now say, she said, keep preaching. I'll be honest with you. I'm a church kid. I've been around church my whole life. Yes, I'll say I'm a lifer. And when they said, keep preaching, I, I don't know if I've ever in my life spoke up in a service that was going pretty long. I don't know if I ever did it where I said, keep preaching. Because at the time, I didn't really want to hear no more preaching. 
But I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I know, but I mean, we're very aware of life and your time. And I want to say thank you very much for giving me your attention. Thank you more than me giving God your attention. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thank you for taking this. And I know you're going to take this and you're going to use it and you're going to put it to good use and let God stir you up. Because, listen, right here, what are we saying? Perseverance pays off. It pays off. So many of you, i got a lot of people I'm looking at right now. You've been in church a long time. You've been seeing preaching, hearing preaching, listening to preaching, listening to the song. You're good. I know you're good. Today is for you as well. Persevere. Don't quit. Don't get weak. Don't have a moment of weakness. If you need to sever something, sever it. Cut it. Don't let anything creep in. Don't put a foothold for the devil. Don't let the door crack open. Don't, don't crack open the window just to get a little airflow. It's getting a little stuffy in this spiritual world right now. I like to just open the windows, open the screen door. I don't want to open up the door fully, but I just want to open up the screen door and just get a little bit of a, a little flow. Listen, be careful that you don't crack the door open, that you don't allow just a little bit a temporary time of just giving in to sin. Be persistent. Mark chapter 8 verse 22 through 25. They came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man. And begged. they begged Jesus. till so the people brought the blind man and they begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes. Wait up. Hold up. I just came here for a healing, and we're going to get a haka, haka loogie. Now listen, there is a preacher right now that I have seen him online, and I want to re everybody rest assured, I ain't trying to be like this preacher who called up a volunteer out of the audience, and, and y'all seen it, uh, many of you seen it, and he touched the man with some actual spit. Listen, we, I'll just tell you the story. Anybody need a hands-on? No, we good. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? I, gotta, I love to read the Word of God sometimes, all the times, and just kind of think about what was really said. Because I just did this. <laughs> Hold on, you got two eyes. Do you see anything? <laughs> well, what had happened was... <laughs> but, but hey, as funny as that is, let me tell you what happened. He saw... He, the spit didn't bother him. The embarrassment didn't bother him. Because you know there... I'm going to tell you if, if you, ha if you have a healing service and, you, and God moves on you... You better check yourself first of all before I even finish this statement. But it lets, there's a healing service. There's something going on. There, this moment happened in time. This actually happened. Don't you know that when it was poof, poof, somebody in the back, maybe even the disciples were like giggling, kind of like, I cannot believe he just did that. Oh, he because I've seen him. He can lay his hands on them and they rise they, from the dead just a touch. Just a, just a touch of the hem of the, of the garment. Just a touch. He could have just touched him. 
I don't know what we were dealing with with this man. Maybe this man had a serious, serious pride issue and God knew it because he knows all things. And maybe he said, I'm going to put your pride in check real quick just to see how bad you want to have deliverance. I want to see right now, how bad do you want your healing? Because I'm going to poof, poof. And, and, and Because pride can rise up right before deliverance. Pride can rise up right before a healing. Pride can rise up and say, no, I ain't going to that altar. I don't want to face the embarrassment. I don't want to raise my hands. I don't want to lift my voice. I don't want to cry. I don't want to kneel down and let God move on me in a mighty way because I might be embarrassed. I got an image to put up. I got a front that I got to keep up. I'm going to tell you what. You need to look at how, forget how deliverance comes. If it means that you've got to humble yourself, if it means that you've got to snot and cry and give your heart to God in a new manner, then so be it because deliverance is worth way, way more than the sins of this world and a life and eternity in hell. What are you willing to trade? What is the trade that you're willing? I can't give them my pride. I can't give of these things because it's too hard and it's embarrassing. What kind of embarrassment is there right before the moment that I'm kicked into an eternal pit of fire? Forget embarrassment. Extremely, extreme terror, being terrified. So he, he says, do you see anything? He got past his pride. He could have said sarcastically, no, I can't see anything because you just spit in my eye. I just, they brought me here. I'm blind. You knew I was blind because I walked up here like this. And you, you want to spit in my eye. Oh, how dare you spit. I'm telling you, it could have happened. This story could be written completely different. But he, he said, whoa. Do you see anything, sir? It's, it's, inst, it's instant. It's instant. This is, a, this is something that happened in the mind, in the heart, and in the soul. Jesus knew, with, beyond a shadow of a doubt, He knew that man's heart and soul. He knew the immediate reaction that we can't see. You can come up to this altar, and you can raise your hands, and, and it looked like, Oh, he's surrendering. He's giving his heart to God. God knows your heart. And he knows the intents of the heart. And he knows whether you walked up there to the altar and raised your hands and just be like, I ain't giving in, but I'll go ahead and raise my hands because I just, I love my sin. I just do. But he knew in an instant, the moment that that man made that change in his mind, heart and soul of emotions, and he knew that he, he received it like, uh, oh, I believe, I believe. I came here believing. I know you just spit on my face because I didn't, I didn't lo I've lost my eyesight, but I didn't lose my feeling. And I heard it. And I feel it. And I know you just spit on me. But you know what? I still believe because I've heard a story about how you are the healer, you are the deliverer, you are the savior of this world. And I came to you today in faith believing. And even though you spit in my face, I still believe and I know that you're going to do some great things. And so right then, in an instant, in the twinkling, in the split second of an eye, a millisecond, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Blurry. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Notice this. He does not, I believe he might have been dealing with a pride issue with this man. Because he doesn't haul off and hawk another couple up. 
Because what he realized is, and this is me interpreting. Don't take this and say, preacher said this, the word of God says that. It's on, it, it is. I'm going to tell you this. This is how I feel. I feel like it could be this. He handled that pride issue. He realized the man took it. And he realized that the man said, you know what? I believe. I don't need, I, your ways are not my ways, God. You are the one who created the heavens and the earth. Your ways are not my ways. You made me. You formed me. I am made by you. Everything I am is of you. And so now I trust you that no matter what you do, if you tell me to stand on my head and roll around in the dirt and whatever you do, I don't even care. God, just do whatever it takes. I need deliverance. So he doesn't even go there a second time. He realizes that he put it in check. He realizes that, hey, you believe in me. You're with me. So he doesn't do it again with the spit. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. They had, the people that brought him had persistence for the man. One more scripture, Mark 10, verse 46. Praise team, I, I thought I called y'all up here and I'm sorry, I forgot. Y'all just, if y'all can, just bebop your way right on up here. You shouldn't have to practice, you just get up here and play. I'm so sorry, guys. I meant to call y'all earlier. I get, I get so fired up about the Word of God. I get so fired up about what God's doing in people's lives. Very short, very short. Mark 10, verses 46 through 52. I see some new faces here today. God bless y'all. We're so happy to have y'all with us. Can we give a hand for the guests that are here today? <clears throat> Vester? What? What in the world? Vester Tilly is here. Uh, I'm going to tell you what. A long time ago, I met Vester. And from day one, I loved that man. He is a good guy. And I'm sorry, I don't know your whole family. But, I mean, man, God bless you. We love you. And I don't know if I've ever seen Vester where he wasn't smiling. He is such a joyful man. Family, I know y'all probably could argue with me but listen y'all just go ahead and let him have his let him have his moment let him have his moment mark 10 and verse 46 then they came to jericho as jesus and his disciples together with the large crowd where they were leaving the city a blind man we all know his name blind bartimaeus blind bartimaeus was sitting by the roadside begging when he heard that it was jesus of nazareth he began to shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to basically shut up. But what did he do? He shouted all the more. Let's all stand. We're about to be dismissed. I thank you so much for giving God your attention. Persistence for others. Like blind Bartimaeus. Persistence for yourself. Somebody... Somebody says, stop seeking God so loudly. Stop being so bold. Quit trying to be Mr. Christian or Miss Christian at work. Quit trying. What are you doing? This is not you. you. We don't get to hang out anymore. You don't party with us anymore. What's the deal? What, what has changed about you? Can you please shut up? Can you please stop? Back there in the very, very back, those young men that are raising their hands right now. See, that takes some guts right there. You know why? Because there's another young man right beside him who might elbow him and say, stop. 
What are you doing? We don't do that around here. I'm going to tell you what. There is a group of kids and young men and women. They are starting to be the majority in Rusk High School, in Rusk Elementary, in Rusk Intermediate, Rusk Middle School. Let me tell you what's going on in the schools now. It's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing? God bless you. More power to you. Hey, Lord bless you. Lord be with you today. Lots of high fives in the halls. Hey, you going to be at church? Hey, I see you at Covenant. Hey, you coming? You coming? Hey, van's coming. Hey, we'll pick y'all up. Hey, bring them two friends that are with you. Persistence for others. Persistence for yourself. Perseverance pays off. All I'm going to say right now is will you come out of this, this pain, this trial that you're facing today, will you come out of it bitter or better? Will you be bitter or will you be better? Let us pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you continue to stir the heart of the man. Continue to stir the heart of the woman that is here hearing my voice right now. And Lord, I pray what you started that you will finish. Lord, you started a work in us. Lord, you are faithful and just to complete the good work that you started. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I call on a man. I call on a woman to begin to get their heart ready, to begin to repent right now and say, Father, I need you. I've got to have you. I've got to have more of you. I've got to have more of you. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, if you find yourself in this sermon today and you want to raise your hand right now and say, I need to persevere through something. I've got a trial. I've got a tribulation. I've got, I see that hand, sir. I see that hand, ma'am. Hands going up all over because I need to persevere. Raise that hand high and let God know. God, I've got to have some perseverance. I've got a trial that I'm going through. I've got some pain that I'm going through. You can lower your hands. We're going to have a, a time where we're going to baptize this family. In the mighty name of Jesus, once again, I want to give praise and glory to God. He's doing a great thing. So while that's happening, this is your time. This is, this is your time to say, Father, I need more of you. I need perseverance. I need to sever. I need to sever right now the things that have been trying to pull me down so no one two three no no nothing no countdown if that's you come if that's you come let's baptize in the name of jesus go with it brother wes rachel upon the confession of your faith and the obedience to the word of god i baptize you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sins yes hallelujah let's give praise to god
This is powerful. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Another leader. Another leader. Upon the confession of your faith and the obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. somebody to pray with this this young lady right here right now i'm gonna tell you what if it's just for one if it's just for five if it was just for you and your pew and where you're sitting i know you heard it and i know it's in your heart remember persevere and perseverance pays off but what do we got to do we got to sever sever cut the things of this world god bless you each and every one i love you Stay on fire for God. Grab some cards out there in the foyer. Tell somebody about Jesus.